Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. You got to be a word preacher. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, somebody say above all. Taking the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And so tonight we're going to be talking about the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Heavenly Father, we love you today and we thank you, Lord, for the faith that you have delivered to us. You have given to us a measure of faith, God, and we want to operate in that measure and then be as the disciples as they ask, Lord, increase our faith. Help us, Lord, to increase our measure. Help us to increase our our walk with you in our faith. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. How important is your faith to you? How important is your faith, your belief? Are you sold out to what the Word says in your belief? Amen. Paul writes on the armor, and he says, one of the armor that we need is the shield of faith. God bless you. You can be seated. The church of the living God is not anemic. We are not some weak, spineless people without power. I don't care how big Goliath is. God's people can still have the power to overcome. doesn't matter how big the army is. There's still a host above that army. doesn't matter how big our nation is or how big the, the system of the world may be. Amen. God's people are victorious, period. Somebody say, period. End of story. Finito. Final. No other thing. So that means you are victorious, period. Period. I, I, I do believe we need to remember sometime we're a part of the redeemed, the chosen, the blood-washed and bought, amen, Bible-believing, spirit-filled, Scripture quoting, devil chasing, gospel preaching people. We're overcomers. We are part of the soul reaching, holy living, overcoming church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are destined to always, according to Scripture, always triumph in Christ. Now, it may not look like the world, to the world it looks like triumph, but to God and his plan, we are triumphant. As God's holy warriors, I've said this before, I say it again, we are not marching to be victorious, we are marching with him in victory. 
We are marching with him in victory. His promises, his exceeding great and precious promises are not just simply a momentary thing. They are a lifestyle thing. The promises of God. Amen. They don't just lead us to victory. We walk in victory by faith. Because victory is not based on feelings. It's not based on visible circumstance. Victory is not based on what I readily see in the flesh. It is not based on my self-confidence. It's not based on my self-esteem. It's not predicated on what hell is doing. Say this with me. My victory is not predicated on what hell is doing. Isn't that liberating? That's liberating right here, right now. We we can go home, close your Bibles, let's go home right there. No, I got another hour and a half to go. Victory is not the absence of conflict or suffering, but it is victory in and overcoming and through. Sometimes the mountain is moved and sometimes the mountain is climbed. Sometimes the mountain is moved and sometimes the mountain is climbed. Victory is standing and advancing in the power of the Holy Ghost. It is winning in the face of adversity, affliction, suffering, conflict, trial, storms, whatever you want to call it. Listen to what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. You know this verse very well. We are troubled on every side. Yet not, somebody say yet not. It doesn't say not yet. There's a lot of people that read this verse and they say, well, it's really bad, but it's going to get worse. No, he said yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not Amen. Somebody ought to say, but not. I, 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 I know I've got this, but I know that, that I'm still victorious. We know that God, by faith, will either remove the issue, the attack, the problem, the storm, the trial, or test, or he'll give us the courage to overcome it, or he'll give us the strength to climb it. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is what Paul said. Paul, Paul was, a, was a good southerner. You know, right? You've heard this before. Romans 8, 18. For I reckon. It's a good southern word right there. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That word reckon means I thought it through. I looked it like an accountant. I checked the balances of the columns, and I find out that in the end, no matter what I go through, the glory is going to come. Praise God. So the writer says, Paul says, put on, take on the shield of faith. Above all, take on the shield of faith. Put it on. The thing of it is, is the shield of faith reminds us that God is our shield. God is our keeper. God is our protector. 
We are under his authority and he will protect us. Psalm 3 and 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my shield. Amen. My glory and the lifter up of my head. I like what 2 Samuel 22 and 3 reads. The God of my... Listen to the many things that this verse talks about what God is. The God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower, my refuge, my savior that savest me from violence. Hallelujah. Where's your trust tonight? Where's your faith tonight? Is it in the rock unmovable? Is it in the shield that is invincible? Hallelujah. When he says, my rock, he is saying, Lord, you are my security and my defense. My security and my defense. When he says, my shield, he is saying, you are my protection and you are my victory. When he said, the horn of, of my salvation, he is saying, you are the strength and the anointing that saves me. Saves me. Hallelujah. Don't just look at that word salvation as Acts 2.38 because it means rescued, delivered, set free. Whatever you and I are in, he is the one that has the strength and the anointing to save me. He's my high tower. He is a, a hiding place. He is a stronghold. And then he said he's my refuge. He's the shelter from the harm, from the storm, from the battle. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you ever need a reprieve from the pressures of life? Do you ever need a reprieve from that stress on the job? Do you ever just need a breath from, from all that pressure that the world, it just seems like life is, is just going after us. Amen. Well, I go to the rock. I go to the, I go to the horn of my salvation. I go to the one that can, I can, he's my hiding place. He is my hiding place. Oh, no matter what storms may come my way, there is a refuge. And he is my savior. He rescues me from hardships. When we say the Lord is my shield, that's what we're talking about. He's my shield. Genesis 15 and 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. I am your protector, defender. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Hallelujah. I realize in our day, we don't just carry shields around everywhere, but in, in the days of the Bible, a shield was a very important thing because it was the, the sign of protection. He said, my heart trusted in him and I am helped. Somebody say, I am helped. Not, oh Lord, help me. I am helped. You're a lot better off than you think you are tonight. I am a lot better off than I think I I wish that somebody would just get this tonight in their spirit is that I am better off than I feel like I am. Lord, I, got, I need you to help, 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 help. Well, I am helped. I am helped. That's what faith says. I am helped. 
Praise God. Who had to look up there to see where my scripture was, where I'm at. He said, I am help, therefore my heart greatly rejoices with song. I will praise thee. One more psalm that says about the Lord being our shield. 119, 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Where do we run? Where do we go when we've had enough? Where do we go when things unravel? Where do we go when life falls apart? Where do we go? I run to the one that is my shield. And my faith says, he's got me. He's not just going to help me. He is my help. And so Paul said, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith we may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield to a Roman soldier was his first line of defense. You see, defense is important to victory. It was so important that he have his shield that he dare not go to battle without it. This piece of armor supplied a complete shield of protection for the whole man. They said that the Roman shield was big enough that they could actually hide behind it. What's unique about the Roman shield, and you've heard this before, but let me share with you again. The edges of the shield were so constructed that an entire line of soldiers could interlock their shields and march into the enemy as if they were one solid wall. So your faith and my faith connected together is a line of victory. Four men had the faith. Four men had the faith to go get the man that was lame. Four men had the faith to open the roof where Jesus was and let him down. Can I tell you that there's something unique and powerful about the body of Christ when our faith link together, when we link our faith together, there's something powerful about it. We can advance when our faith comes together. Faith is essential. Faith is important. Faith is the foundation. It is indestructible if we'll hold on to it. It is indestructible. The fiery darts of the enemy are extinguished by your shield of faith. He shoots a doubt dart at you. The faith shield goes up. Falls down. Amen. The shield of faith is something that is available. It is our faith in the one who is our shield. And we must take it. We must take it. Don't leave it laying around. Don't go to Walmart without it. Don't go shopping without it. Don't go to work without it. Take your shield with you. Take your shield, make sure it's at, at home. It's in the car when you drive. Whatever you're doing, take your shield with you. You never know when the fiery dart of the enemy will come and attack you. He looks for a way to sneak and get us. Oh, praise be to God, but I believe our shield is, if, if, if I could imagine in my own mind what that shield literally is in the spirit, I believe it is light. 
We are encased with light. And when the enemy tries to do something, he can't get through that light. Oh, the glory of God. Let our, our lives be covered by the shield. Nothing can get to us. Now, faith is not something that isn't based on You know, some people say, I'd rather believe facts. Well, I had rather believe truth. I'll take truth over your facts any day because facts can be messed up, misconstrued, and flat wrong when related to the kingdom of God. So faith knows the truth of God. Faith knows the truth. Let me give you five truths that faith knows. Five truths that faith knows. Number one, faith knows the truth of who God is. Faith knows the truth of who God is. Hebrews 11 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe what? That he is. First of all, I believe he is. I believe he is who he says he is in his word. I believe he is must believe that he is and that he is also a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, pastor, I prayed about this and I never got it. He never said how long diligent was. Nobody's shouting on that one right there. He never said how long you got to deal with something or pray through something, but he said, I am going to reward you. Hold on, dear one. Hold on to the things of God. Hold on to your shield. Hallelujah. For your protection depends on knowing who he is. Well, let me just run through a few things that the Bible tells us who he is. He's the author of eternal salvation. He is the banner of them that fear him. He is the captain of the host of the Lord. He is my defense, Psalm 94, 22. He is the everlasting name, Isaiah 63, 12. He is the faithful and true, Revelation 19, 11. He is God manifested in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3 and 16. He is the house of of defense. Psalm 31, 2. The Lord mighty in battle, the psalmist said, 24 and 8. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the world comes up with. Oh, he is mighty in battle. We find that the psalmist also said he's a refuge in the time of trouble. That's what faith says. I know who you are. I know who you are. You're the strength to the needy and to the distressed. I know who you are. The word says that you are victory. So I'm going to run to you. You are my shield. Hallelujah. Can you praise the Lord today? I know the truth of who he is. Dr. Tony Evans writes, Acting on the truth, whether I feel the truth or not, is acting on the truth, whether I like the truth or not. It is also acting on the truth, whether I agree with the truth or not. Simply put, faith is a function of the mind that shows up in your feet. Faith is a function of your mind that shows up in your feet. Now I'll add, in your hands, and your mouth. Praise God. So faith knows who God is. 
but also faith knows the truth. Number two, faith knows the truth of where God is. I know who he is, but I also know where he is. Faith does not only believe that God exists, but faith believes that God exists present now. Not just in Bible days, not just with the prophets of old or the apostles. Faith believes that God is present now. Faith sees the presence and the powers of God as being here now. Not just yesterday, not just tomorrow, like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you had been here yesterday, our brother would have not have died. And, and we know you're going to be the resurrection. But the Lord said, I am the resurrection right here, right now, present tense. He is your healer, not just yesterday or tomorrow. He is your healer, present tense, right now. Now, he is the one that can touch a weary mind, not just yesterday, but today. Woo, right here, right now. We've got to get a hold of this thing that God's word is true and that it is factual. And stop letting the devil let us be led by our feelings and emotion and by our sight. Jesus said it this way, I am with you some ways. Only on Tuesday, just on Sunday. I am with you. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And he's with us until everything's said and done. And then when it's the end, it won't matter anymore anyway, because we'll be with him forever and ever 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 and ever. Somebody ought to praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The psalmist writes, he is a very present help. Not just a present help, he's a very present help. How about the old song, he's an on-time God, yes he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll always be on time. Usually it'll be late on our calendar. I said, usually he's late on our calendar, but he knows when to show up, how to show up. He's with you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalms that he is nigh, he's close unto all them that call upon him. So faith doesn't only know who God is, knows where God is. The third thing that faith knows, this truth, is what God is has. I know who he is, where he is, but I also know what he has. First Kings 8, 56. Blessed be the Lord that hath given us rest unto his people Israel. According to all he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Not one. Somebody say, not one. Not one. Well, I, I don't feel it, so it doesn't matter. Faith says, and the word says, not one. His promises are said in Scripture to never fail. 
Abraham was fully persuaded. So he lived a life of faith and he was fully, fully persuaded that God would keep his promise. God, even when he messed up, even when he got something wrong, he was fully, is there anybody fully persuaded right now that God's going to keep his promise? So I know what God has. You know, Job writes it like this, that the Lord shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. That is not just saying God's only going to be there six times, but what he's saying is that there is a, a completeness there. Six is man's number, seven is God's number. There is a completeness there. You, you feel like that the Lord's been with you six times. He'll be there the seventh, but he'll also be there the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth time. Amen. That's so exciting to know. The writer says in Romans 10 and 11, the scripture declares, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I know people that have walked away from God saying, God let them down. Look around a little while. Look a little deeper. You may feel like God let you down, but if you start studying, you start looking, it might be that somebody else let you down or you let your own self down, but God, you know that old song we sing, and I, I'm okay to sing, and I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't sing this song, but... Uh, you know, he's never failed me yet. He's never failed. Like, like there's a chance. Like there's a chance that he could fail us. Like, like, like there's some kind, like there's, how long has he been God? He's been God before time. How long will he be God when time ceases to exist? And there will never be an accusation that anyone can say, Lord, you failed me. No, no, no. I may go by the grave. I may go by the way of death. The worst thing that can happen to anybody is going to happen to all of us. What, no amens and hallelujahs on that? But it's the fact that he's never failed. I may not understand him. I, may not, I don't know why. I, I wish I could, I could give an answer why, why that there are People who are young or littles that die. I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't have an answer for abortion and the millions that have lost their life. Can, can I just point out to you that all this woke, all this, this ideas of the alphabet soup in the relationship, same-sex marriage and transgenderism, all ends in death. All ends in death. It takes a husband and wife to have life. Just saying. All right, I got to go on. So faith knows what God has. So when I know what God has, then also faith knows the truth about God's promises. I know what he has, and I know what his word says. Do you remember our study in the seven churches? He said to each church, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Promise. To him that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Promise. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Promise. He that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nation. 
promise. It says, him that overcometh shall be clothed in white raiment. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. A promise of God. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father. In his. If I'll follow Jesus... If I follow Jesus, every promise in the book is mine. Now, I can't live like a scallywag or a sinner uh, cursed by the way I'm living and then expect the promise of God. No, I follow him if I will overcome. How do we overcome? By our faith. So, faith knows the truth about God's promises. And lastly, in this faith knows segment of my lesson, Faith knows the truth about God's power. Faith knows the truth about God's power. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath gotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved for you in heaven who are kept, who are kept, you and I are kept, by what? The power of God through faith. Through faith. Unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. No wonder Paul said, above all, take on the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. When a Roman soldier went into battle, he would have wrapped his shield in leather several times, they say, or some kind of animal skin, and he would dip it in water so that when fiery darts would be shot, fiery arrows would be shot, it would be snuffed out. There are darts and there are arrows that come our way. Let me talk about a few of them. Faith defends you and I against the attack of discouragement. And discouragement runs around with his cousin called despair. Flaming arrows are designed to discourage the soldier and cause him to drop his shield and run. But I trust in the shield of faith to quench every, all is the word Paul uses, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. The relentless attack that we are feeling today are arrows being shot at us. Arrows being shot. If you can find something good to watch, please let me know. No longer are we having to preach against TV. There's nothing good to watch. Maybe you go watch some old stuff. That's what I do. Discouragement, despair. The psalmist said in 61 and 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to what? That rock, that strength, that protection that is higher than I. So we find that faith will defend against the dart of discouragement and despair. There's also another set of darts that come to us, and that is the dart of distraction. And with his cousin, he comes, and that is diversion. 
Distraction and diversion. Hell does not want you to think you can win. Hell does not want your faith to be in action. Hell wants you to believe that you are just not going to finish the job. Like the enemies of Nehemiah that tried to stop him from building the wall with distraction. Come to us. And, and I, and I want to tell you, you and I need to realize that we've got the faith to extinguish the distraction dart of the enemy. He wants to get us so wrapped up in work that we can't pray. He wants us to get us so wrapped up in all this kind of stuff that we don't have a communion with God. Amen. Have a, have a hard time getting to church. Distraction. But faith says, ha, whatever the sound of a, of a fire going out. Y'all like that? Yeah. So this is the darts that the enemy shoots at us. Another dart that he sends to us is the dart of disillusionment. It walks with its cousin called disorientation. Hell's flaming projectiles are meant to confuse and disorient the warrior. If a warrior gets confused and disoriented, he doesn't know what he's fighting or who he is fighting. But faith will come along and bring you fresh direction. I believe it's like a, a, a compass that sets us on course. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith will bring fresh direction. Faith encourages us. March on. Keep going. Hallelujah. Job says he knows the way that I take. When I don't know where he is, he knows where I'm at. That's what faith says. When I can't feel him, go to church, everybody shouting, running the aisles, hooping and hollering. I feel nothing. He knows where I'm at. Faith says it's not about how I feel right now. It's about what the word says. Faith. So we've got all these darts being shot at us. Let, let me share with you another thing that I see as some darts. It's very prevalent today. Darts are meant to divide. Separate soldiers. So there is a fiery dart of disunity and defection. Disunity and defection. This is so prevalent among preachers until it makes me sick. Church people too, but uh, not here. Praise God. To watch that, that, that if, if, if somebody doesn't do like I want them to do, I'm going to just separate myself from them. I'm going to divide. That's a tactic of the enemy because what the Lord is needing is that he needs his soldiers to link our shields of faith together. But if we're dis, in disunity and, and, and defected from that, that relationship, how is faith going to get the job done? Amen. There's sometimes... I need you, and you need me. Praise be to God. We need our defense of faith, the shield of faith. But faith has got to be developed. Faith has got to be developed. The writer says that God has given to us a measure of faith. But we need the ability to say, Lord, increase my faith. And the only way that faith grows that I can find in Scripture is by two things, exercise, actually doing and living by faith, and also praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost will build your faith up. It'll do it. Praise be to God. 
your faith. I need to know the word of God to build my faith. You cannot believe what you do not know. Faith grows by feasting and eating and reading and studying the word of God. Faith is based again not on the facts of the world but on truth of scripture. The more truth you know about God's word, the more easy it is to put it into action. To put it into action. Faith in action. So I I need to know, if I'm going to develop my faith, I need to know what the Word says, and then also I need to walk in the Holy Spirit. Jude, it records in Jude, verse 20, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. What you and I believe frees God to release his power and protection and his blessing for whatever we need. Whatever we believe. It it, it took faith for blind Bartimaeus to say, thou son of David, have mercy on me. It took faith for the woman with the issue of blood to push her way through the crowd, frail and weak and, 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 and just barely getting by, but she somehow got the faith to push her way through the crowd. Faith needs action. Faith needs action. Not just lip service, but action. Let's act on our faith. We find that the Word of God teaches us that the promises of God are in Him. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For all the promises of God in Him, somebody say in Him, are yea and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. I've told you, taught you this before, but, but the first in is different from the second in. The promises of God in Him means a primary Preposition denoting a fixed position, a place, a proper place. All the promises of God are in him. They're in his name, so I pray in his name. They're in his power, so I pray in his name. But it also says that they are in him a man. Somebody say amen. Amen. That is the means by which you go and get anything. So the promises of God are in him And also, they are attained when we say amen and go get it. We go get it. Again, remember the the thing about our situations. Either God will move mountains or he gives us the power to climb them. We like for those move mountain times, don't we? I don't know about you, but most mountains that I've faced, I've spoken to and I've shouted to. And the Lord said, go climb it. You with me? Go climb it. But I move it when I climb it because it does something inside of me. Praise God. The power source of all the promises are in Jesus, not in your faith. Not in my faith. Our faith is not the power source. It's the access point. It's how we access his promise, faith. So when we pray, we pray in his name to access those promises. That's why he said we're to pray in his name. Uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. To the intent that now under the principality of powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That verse is so powerful. 
and I've talked about it, but man, oh, it's so rich. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we, in whom we have what? Boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. There are some radical things that God is going to do with his church, his American church, in the days and years ahead. There are some incredible things, but as long as we feel self-sufficient, he will let us. As long as we feel like we got what we need, he will let us. But when you get to the place where you don't have what you need and he is your only hope, you wonder why they're having so much revival in Africa? Because they have no other recourse. But we got recourse. We say, you know, in America, the poverty zone is somewhere around 30,000 and under, somewhere in there. 30,000 and under is poverty. In the world scope, $30,000 and under is a one percenter. We're so blessed. We're one percenter. You are one percenter in the eyes of what the world has. But sometimes we've got to go get so desperate for God. If we want God to move, then he's got to be our total hope, our total source, no other answer. And usually when we get to that point, that's when he shows up. But if we want to, okay, I'm going to take this on. I'm, I can take care of this. I can handle this. And, and, and that's the flesh, and sometimes we can. But when it gets to the point where you cannot do anything but turn to God and say, Oh, God, I need you. That's when he steps in. That's when he steps in because he feels that need and that tug because we go to him boldly and get access. Boldly. I challenge you. I challenge you to pray boldly. I challenge you to pray boldly. My father told me about um, uh, one of his mentors that back in the uh, 50s, I guess it would be, um, he used to have tent revivals. And uh, he would go from place to place. And out of those tent revivals, churches would be started. But he said he's watched him as he would go to the tent pole and he would stand there and pray. And he would say, oh, God, let this be the point of contact. And, the, and, and he would pray for a while. And, and, and then he would say, I dare you, if you're sick, come touch this pole. My dad said that people would come in wheelchairs and walk out without them. Oh, that sounds funny. That sounds, sounds far-fetched. No, it's what God does. When we go boldly, when we go boldly, when we go boldly, hallelujah, I, I, I talk about this. We need that fierce praying. We need that fierce faith that says, I'm going boldly. I know I'm blessed. Thank God. Thank God. Would to God every one of us were millionaires in this house. Hallelujah. I wish that, that, that every one of us had, had that's the, what we should 
would just be blessed and prosperous. That's wonderful. But I, I know this, that there are sometimes I don't have a, enough money to get to him. I don't have enough wisdom to get, to get what I need, so I got to go to him. I don't, I don't have enough, so I have to go boldly all in. I believe that our acting on faith activates our faith. Our acting on faith activates our faith. Look what James said in 2 and 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Action. Action. Faith is perfected with feet action. It's perfected by simply stepping out into it. Amen. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, grab it, blab it stuff. I'm talking about believing that if I will step out by faith, God is going to be there. Let me give you an illustration. Amen. Pastor Dylan and his sister Katie are stepping out by faith. That's a huge step. They don't know what they're going to, so they're actually at the cliff. You're at the cliff right now. Hallelujah. And the Lord's calling. And, and so I'm stepping out when I can't see nothing under me, when I don't know what, what's around me. Is there anything going to hold me up? Is there anything that's going to help me? Hallelujah. Well, there is a shield of, play, of faith that says I'm going to take action, not just think about it. Amen. Man, I love y'all. Love what God is doing in our life. For he said in James 2 and 26, for the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. We read, and I talked about Hebrews chapter 11 uh, the other day. We read about the heroes of faith listed there. But look what they did. Look what the Bible says. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Abel offered. He acted on that. By faith, Noah prepared. By faith, Abraham sojourned. By faith, Isaac was blessed. Jacob was blessed. By faith, Moses refused to be called a, 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 an Egyptian but chose rather. By faith, it's your action that takes it. By faith, the Bible said Moses forsook Egypt. It is the action of faith that makes it come alive. By faith, Israel passed through the Red Sea. By faith, Rahab received the spies. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. You get up in the morning when the devil tells you, stay in bed, you're too sick, you're too this, you're too that, you're too weary. By faith, I get up and go on about my day. 
by faith. The enemy says you're never going to you're never going to survive this issue, this relationship issue. But by faith, I go on anyway. Here's a trick of the enemy of this modern church in America. I believe the devil is is really coming at God's people with this whole imposter idea that you're an imposter. Look at you. You go to church and you know. You know how bad your faith really is. You know how weak your faith really is. And so you're faking it. I don't have to have a show of hands. I, I just know this is where, where the enemy is attacking today. You're a fake. You're a fraud. You're this and you're that. But really, when you come and, and your life is messed up and your world is messed up and you come into the house of God and lift your hands and praise and worship the Lord. You come when your relationships are having issues and you still come and you worship God. You are not faking it. You are acting on your faith. I said you're acting on your faith. And if you feel like a fraud, that did not come from God. That come from the enemy. You are not a fraud. You are not an imposter. You are not a fake. Amen. If you act on that faith. Praise God. Jump down to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 in our scripture text. Here's the definition we often use for faith. Now faith is the substance. Read it with me, okay? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, not seen. Again, now faith is the substance of things and the... Take it off the screen. Again, now faith is the... Of... And the... Of things not seen. Somebody start with the first word. What's the very first word? Now. Now. Right here. Right now. Right where you are right now. Whatever you're dealing with right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Whatever you're dealing with right now. Faith is the substance that holds you up. When you can't see anything. It's the support. That says I've got hope. I got a feeling everything's gonna be all right. Praise be to God. Faith is a conviction about a reality you cannot see. It is a conviction about a reality you cannot see. So here it is. If you can't see it, and God said it, that's faith. If you can explain it, probably not faith. If you can see it, feel it, touch it, it's just your world. But faith says, I can't see it, can't touch it, can't smell it, can't feel it, but I know in my heart, it's there. It's there. It's there. Faith. Faith is when you bury a loved one 
and you say as Job, the Lord takes, the Lord, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is faith. The devil beats us up because we think we don't have perfect faith. Well, if it was perfect, it wouldn't be faith. Because faith is something you work on daily. But it is a reality of your victory. 1 John 5 and 4, But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. What does the world mean here? It means the world system, the world thought, the world's culture, the things, uh, the God of this world is working on this, this culture stuff right now. Okay? Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. That means I do not have to be squeezed into the mentality of my world around me. I overcome it. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What overcomes the world? What overcomes the world? Say it. What overcomes the world? Our faith. Our faith. Praise be to God. Amen. We are born of God to overcome the world. We are born of God to overcome the world. Jesus said it like this in John 16 and 33. These things have I spoken of you that you might have peace in the world. You will have, you shall have tribulation. Somebody say, I know that's right. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If Jesus can beat the enemy on his own turf, don't you think that he paid the price for you and I to beat the enemy on our turf? <laughs> Praise be to God. The reason sometimes we continue to struggle with our faith, with our habits, with our issues, is that we have not seen that he's the overcomer so I can be the overcomer. He overcame, so I can overcome. Stand with me, please. I challenge you, MPC, pick up the shield of faith. Jesus overcame the world by going into hell and beating hell in the dark region and recesses of the kingdom of darkness. He come out triumphant, bringing death and hell with him taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave. What he did, he went and got the meanest, baddest thing that hell had on us and said, freedom, victory, victory. Make your way to this altar in the night and just simply come and say, oh Lord, I have faith. Help my unbelief tonight. Let my faith rise. I will be bold. I will overcome. This is not going to get me. I will overcome it in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are able, God. You are able, God. You are able, God. I bless your name. You are holy, Lord. You are righteous, Lord. You are able, Lord. You thank, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise, O oh Lord.
We bless your name, oh God, you are everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. Praise God. Repeat after me. I am an overcomer of this world. I am victorious in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Love him for that fact right now. Whatever you're facing, whatever issue you're facing right now, be victorious in the name of the Lord. Start, Lord, with our mind and our thinking. I take into captivity every thought that come against you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every thought, every thinking, Lord, that is not like you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we love you today. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you, God. Lord, we bless you, God. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.